0: Hey, good morning, everyone! Glad to be here. Glad to be here with you. Glad you're here. You're getting used to the cold weather, so you're getting out of bed a little earlier. It's good to see. I see, some of you are like, "Ah, oh, I couldn't make it last week. Too cold." Well, hey, uh, I want to tell you about our marriage conference that's coming up. Uh, hopefully, that gets you out of bed. February eighth, ninth, rather, and tenth. It's going to be on a Friday night and then a Saturday morning until lunch, and so. Uh, listen, if, if your marriage is not the best marriage in the world and you have nothing to work on, then you shouldn't be here. Please do not show up. But if there's something that your marriage needs help with, you might ought to register. And know, I think every marriage needs help. Every marriage needs coaching, no matter how good your marriage is. And especially if you're not married and you're thinking, well, one day I might get married. I'm really kind of, I really long to get married. Well, let us help you with your lust issues and teach you what marriage is, marriage is really about. So it might calm you down a little bit and say, well, I can wait. I think I can wait. <laughs> I'm just, I'm actually waiting on the right one. Thank you, Lord, for that marriage conference and uh, teaching me so much. Because uh, uh, yeah, you know, none of us are ready for marriage. Uh, so we can just get thrown into it and then we figure it out and so we're here to figure it out with you really there's just got a lot of great teaching and a lot of great times together having fun and really just being real about marriage just marriage in the modern world and so uh, it has a lot of challenges uh, with everything this modern world has to offer marriage has a lot of challenges so we want to talk about that and help you uh, have principles and and goals and and ways of navigating through conversations and and such things. And uh, we also want to give you a place where um, both husband and wife will be uh, confronted and challenged in a loving and a funny and a kind way so that we can actually unearth some stuff that you've been needing to talk about for about 30 30 years. And so uh, it's probably good. Go ahead and get it out so it's not that underlying undercurrent of stress and and unresolved issues that... uh, you, know, you both know it. You're thinking about those things right now. Like, like, okay, forget about that. We'll deal with that in February. You just have to register and show up. Uh, but today, we're talking about our series, which is the third week in our series. We're talking about pain to purpose, uh, from pain to purpose. And it feels like a maze of I don't know if I'm ever going to make it to my purpose and fulfill the God-given purpose on my life. I know Scripture says it. I read it. I've heard people talk about it. But maybe that's for others, and that's not for me. And that's not the case. It's actually for every person. Every created person, which is you, uh, created by God for purpose and with purpose. And so you're designed to pursue him and find what his purpose is for you, and you're designed to fulfill that, to be fruitful in that, and multiply whatever it is that he's created for you, or you're actually created you for, because Ephesians tells us that God has created a good work, then he created us. We are his masterpiece, created for the good work, which he created beforehand. And and purpose is all over that. And so are the, the blessings of life and the areas where you just feel most fulfilled. You're in your flow of life. And so we go through 10 tests. We all go through 10 tests. And these 10 tests, once we start to understand them and basically face them and hit them head on, we start to realize, okay, these tests are not here to punish me, but they're actually here to build, build me up. And then these tests cycle as life progresses and you pass some tests and the Lord favors you even more so. And then he blesses you and he gives you opportunity. Well, there'll be a time in his time, in his due time, he will cycle these tests and you'll be challenged in new areas of your life. So that he can continue to further develop your character and grow you again not to fail you but to pass you and to build you up uh, into what his success looks like so that you will find purpose and you'll live the abundant life that he created he designed for us so remember jesus christ went to the cross he took the curse he bore the curse for us so that scripture, scripture in the New Testament specifically says, so that the blessings of Abraham would flow to all those all those who receive him. And, and so what, we're, what we are really talking about is the blessings of our father of faith, Abraham, flowing through the generations. And we all have access. And, and Joseph was part of the generations of Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had a, a son. He had 12 sons. One of those sons. Second to the last son. His name is Joseph, and Joseph was a very, they were all favored, but he's a very, very favored man. But he is a man uh, that God favored and took him through these 10 tests to, and wrote it in the Bible to illustrate to us hey, you have the blessing of abraham on your life if you're in christ that's why he went to the cross just know that there's going to be 10 tests that you have to really be able to fulfill and follow and and uh and and live out and successfully pass not perfection not perfection but to be able to pass in order to grow in favor and blessing with the lord okay so he he, he uses these things to develop our character to prepare our character, prepare us to be able to hold and withhold everything that he has for us. And so when someone's character is on the uh, maturity side of its growth development, then it looks more like humility, boldness, confidence, kindness, generosity, but it's also because it's a developed character, knowing that it's completely, that person is dependent, completely dependent upon God, and without God, he or she would have nothing anyway. And so you learn, it's not me. It's, it's all him, and my boldness is because I'm bold in the Lord because of what I've seen him do. I'm confident in what he will do and wants to do in me because I've, in leaning into him and building relationship, we've built testimony, he and I. And so you can take hands off. Like I can mess it up really good, but if I stay leaning in and trusting the Lord, He will do it, and I get to be a part of it. So that's maturity right there in the Lord. So we're talking about third test. We went to first test was a pride test. I hope you are pra- passing the pride test. Uh, then the pit tests, and I'm hoping you're starting to realize that the pit test is real, and it's not necessarily it's not God's design for that to be your destination. But though you may be in the pit, there's a way out, and there's some things that he wants to bring to your awareness, some self-awareness in the pit test. That's great. Celebrate the pit test, but also celebrate that the Lord has other plans for you, and that is not his design plan for you. And now we're in the palace test. We're in the the palace test. And so we're talking about passing this palace test, and it's in Genesis 39. And I'm actually going to give you, I'm going to give you some things that, are basically principles for an understanding so that you can pass the palace test, and so in Genesis thirty nine one and six it says, "Now Joseph had been taken to down to Egypt, and, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man." And he was in the house of, this ma- of, the, of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the, the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Isn't that interesting? But you need to understand that Potiphar is an Egyptian, but he's also a polytheist. Meaning, he believes in all kinds of gods but because of the favor that was on Joseph Potiphar who believes in all kinds of gods was able to recognize wait a minute there's something unique going on with this gentleman this individual who works for me and so there is some kind of god that is on his life that I may not know and this is what god wants to do is to use you to bless you as you follow him and you're obedient to him To bring favor and abundance to the place that he has placed you in so that the lost world, the missing world, will see you in the place that you're, what you're stewarding flourish and say, huh, there's something on that individual that I don't know. That's really good. And so that's where as believers we should all strive to be. We should all be leaning into how can I become more of a light in the dark space that God has intentionally placed me in that I may actually regret being in right now. So number so verse 4 Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him oversee Potiphar. He made Pot- Potiphar made him Joseph overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer, his house and all he had was blessed. Isn't that great? All he had. That the, the Lord blessed the, the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Isn't that interesting? I, I, I like that. It, wouldn't it be good that your boss was blessed because he employs you? Wow. Wow. Wouldn't it be great if you had a mindset that said, I want to be so integrous towards the Lord and with the Lord and my word that I will do what I say and what is handed to me that my boss doesn't have to worry about me, but I'm just going to do and watch God bless them. Man, that's, can, if you are if you're that person, I have some, I have some uh, employment open for you and I, I want you. You just name your price. And the, Egyptian, uh, blessed, the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house. Like, he didn't believe in God, but he blessed the Egyptians' house, the polytheists' house, because of Joseph. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And this is a modern-day way of saying, look, now, it wasn't just that his business was blessed. Like, his home life was blessed. It, and it wasn't just that his home life was blessed. It was that his business was blessed. So he was able to confidently and with all focus be able to lead and develop further the business in every area that that he has been given, but he didn't even need to go to the marriage conference in February because everything was just in order. (laughs) Wow. Wouldn't that be great? All right. Thus, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread, which he ate, like Potiphar Joseph had grown Potiphar's surplus so much that Potiphar had no no idea what he even possessed anymore. He just knows that here's what i'm going to eat at the table today, whatever else I got i don 't know Joseph knows, and he's taking good care of it. I want the employees that i don't have to check in on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be an employee that I, nobody has to check in on me because they know when they hand it to me, it's going to be done with excellence, and it's going to be seen, seen all the way through, and nobody's going to have to look into anything. Wouldn't that be great, boy? That's the integrity. Yes, Amen. That is the integrity that the Lord wants for Jesus followers, right there. And I, I, I kind of resonate. I kind of resonate with this part right here. It says, "Now Joseph was handsome in form." <coughs> And (laughs) appear. The pride test. Uh, But let's build some context into this. He's in Potiphar's house. Potiphar makes him second in command. Later, we'll get to this, but later he goes to the prison, and the prison master makes him second in command. Like, homeboy is a prisoner leading the prison. This is pretty good. And then later, Joseph gets out of prison. He ends up in the palace of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh puts him in second in command. Like, he's just got the favor of the Lord that no matter where he goes, no matter what the scenario and situation, the Lord favors him because of the character and nature of Joseph. Man, we got some goals. We can do this. This is 2024. It can happen. And look at this in Genesis 39-23. This was about the prison The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Man, let me just ask you this. Would you be okay with prospering or being blessed in everything that you do? Amen. Yes. Job. Health, your side hobbies, your marriage, your family, your finances, your relationships. It's all blessed because of my character and integrity and I'm willing to do the hard stuff because God is, blesses that. Yes. And, but let me give you four keys so that you can prosper in these areas. But the test is, will you apply these keys and will you keep applying these keys even when you could get away with otherwise? Number one key is to, to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Many times you, we already read it would say, but the Lord was with him and the Lord caused him to prosper in everything he put his hand to. Many times. So the key is to prospering is the presence of the Lord. So I need to spend time with the presence of the Lord. And prosperity is not does not mean... God's, pro, God's version of prosperity does not mean that everybody needs to have a, a, an airplane and a Maserati. It, that's not what, the, when you talk about prosperity, that's not what God's version of prosperity means. It means to be blessed in all things. It means to be favored. It means that God will open doors that no man can shut, and he will shut doors that no man can open. He will give sound guidance, and whatever he deems necessary for the season of your life, because he has eternity in mind. He, he if according to our, our humility and our honor and our, our, our integrity, he will bless and cause there to be abundance to grow us because we are growing in maturity knowing that it, without him we are nothing, we can't do it anyway, and we come to this mature understanding that I'm only here to be a blessing. I'm only blessed to be a blessing. That's what pros- prosperity is when I can bless others because of the abundance of blessing on my life. That's, that's, what, that's what this looks like. But I'm going to give you more definition as we go. He does, though, God does, however, want to prosper in you, you and your family. He does want you to prosper in your relationships, in your marriage, in your business, in your ministry, in your finances. He wants those things for you. So in any of those areas where it feels like I'm just not, I'm just not blessed, well, there may need to be some pit test internal dialogue and conversation to say, hey, there's some things that need, I need to change. There's, there's some things that need to change in me first. And that's, what, that's part of the growth in this, but we have to be, we get that from nearness and presence with the Lord. We stay, we, we prosper because of our nearness in, our, in the presence of the Lord. We get, we get, to, we get to find out uh, what His presence looks like, what it feels like, rather. We, we, de- we get to make decisions, we develop to make decisions from His presence. And there becomes this internal connection and meshing with God. But He wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. This is the same thing that he did as a model with our father in faith, Abraham. Now, Genesis 26, 12 says this, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped. This is, what, this, this is God's version of prosperity. And, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Can I tell you right before this, Isaac had created a sin. He literally sinned. He actually, he actually told Abimelech that his wife was his sister, and Abimelech took him took the wife, and then when Abimelech confronted him, Isaac basically repented. He sowed into the land, and because of repentance, God blessed it a hundredfold. Then the man, the man began to prosper. This is talking about uh, Isaac, Um, yeah, and began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So God doesn't have a problem with prospering you. He doesn't have a problem with you being prosperous because he wants you also to prosper and to continue prospering until you become very prosperous. I didn't put those words in there. Those are the biblical words, and that's what it means. Deuteronomy 29.9 says, Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them, meaning do what you say you're going to commit to, do them. That you may prosper in all that you do. Like if you'll have integrity and you'll do what you say, then you and you'll show up when you say you're going to show up, and you'll do what's asked of you, then you will prosper in all things. All right, it's King, 2 Kings 18, 7. The Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went. David, uh, 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. We may be resolving some health issues over here right now. Just as your soul prospers. So God desires that we be prosperous in all things because of His presence in our life. Our dependency, our dependence on His presence, 63 times in the Old Testament. It, we see this word "prosper," and it means to push forward. In the New Testament, which, which we just read, it literally means the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside in a difficult situation in the path in the will of God. You're trying; you're making effort but you're a little bit afraid, timid, or worried, or anxious, and the Holy Spirit comes alongside you and lifts off a weight to make it easier than it would have been without the Holy Spirit. And for some reason, you have a boldness to do that thing that was making you fearful, anxious, worried, or whatever because of the favor of the Lord, the Holy Spirit come alongside you, and he prospered you. That's what this means in the New New Testament. In the Old Testament, it literally means to push you forward. Let you be, it's one of those times when Samson, when Samson needed strength, God came in, his presence came in and prospered Samson, pushed him forward. It's one of those times where, I don't know, I can't do it, this is something that's on my heart, but I'm so afraid, I'm so timid, I don't have the skill set, I'm inadequate, I'm insecure, I'm inferior. But God just pushes you into it, and he just keeps pushing you into it, and he won't let you sleep, and he just runs through your mind nonstop until you just say, fine, I'll do it. And he pushes you forward all the while. He's wanting to fulfill it anyway through you. He's just trying to get you to go and make the, the take the risk to do the thing, because it's always been his design to get you through it. And he starts opening doors that you were thought well, that would always be shut. I'll never be able to. It's impossible for me. Not my skin color. Not my type. Not my language. Not my all those things that you have to say to say not my, not me. No way. Woe is me. God is saying I'm pushing you through it. He's prospering you towards it. Well not with, with my record, Bleed, please, please. God is God rewrites records. Would it be okay if the presence of the Lord came in and pushed you forward in a difficult time of life? If then, if so then, then you're okay with biblical prosperity. All of a sudden you're okay. Because ultimately that's what we all want. Otherwise we would never come to Christ. Now, the result of that pushing forward assistance from God is to produce something in our lives that not only blesses us, but it blesses others. And the more we start to go through those pushings and and we find out, oh, God is doing this, the more we start taking our minds off of ourselves and our anxieties and our fears and our worries, and we can't, and, and less about even us being blessed, and our minds start to change and our scales start to fall off. Like, how can I do this next time to be a blessing to others? Now God's walking with you. And so when you walk with God, success is with you. When you don't walk with God, you're not successful. And if you don't, if you know you're walking with God and still struggling to find success, then you're being prepared for success to come. Just know that. Like it feels like I'm just hitting a wall and hitting a wall. Great, you're being prepared. But if you know that that's what God has called you to and leaned you to and told you to do, then you just keep going. Because he's developing character, it's putting you in a, in a place of, sh- of shaping and molding and preparation and with endurance and perseverance and, and tenacity. Those, these things have to be on your life in order for you to carry out the will of God on your life. But there may be some need of repentance and humbling to his ways. There may need to be some self-awareness and examination of, Lord, Okay, there's some things in my life that are obviously getting in my way, and they're hindering me from fulfilling what it is that you've designed me for. And be careful about making a decision based on the world's standards of success. God has to design, decide what the success looks like. And I want you to grasp the understanding that God would like to reveal himself through you to the world and push you forward in your career, in your relationships, to reveal himself to the world Push you forward in your finances. To reveal himself through you to the world by pushing you forward in ministry. To reveal himself through you to the world by blessing all that you put your hand to. Because it's no longer about you and you realize it's all about him. Even an unbeliever in Potiphar recognized the Lord's blessing on Joseph and put him into a thor- more authority and more authority because Potiphar's house was being blessed. Does your employer believe that he is being blessed or she is being blessed because they employ you? That's what God is showing us in the experience through the life of Joseph. So if the key to prospering is the presence, then what's the key to the presence of the Lord? The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. It's just obedience. I want more of the Lord. I want you more. I want more of you in my life, Lord. Lord, lead me. We'll, we'll be obedient. And He'll trust you with more. You'll hear, hear His voice more clearly. He'll guide you more. He'll give you more guidance. He'll give you more favor in the guidance. He'll give you more insight. He'll, he'll bless you more because you're going to be obedient to Him because it's becoming more about Him than, than you. And let me stop and say that you are saved by grace and you cannot work for it, but but, but once you get saved, there are works that prove it. You're saved unto works, but not by works. And this comes not because you have to, but if salvation has come into your heart through repentance, then your spirit will desire to do what is integrous and honor the Lord. And God will By his Holy Spirit will speak to you and give you that moment of, you probably should do this. And you get to decide, am I gonna follow that voice in obedience or am I gonna do what my flesh wants to do anyway? And the moment we do, we're getting further and further away from the favor and the blessing of the Lord because we're so in love with our way of doing things. We're so in love with our pride. We're so in love with our egos. We're so in love with our ideas that we can't even hear what God's ideas are. 2 Chronicles 17.3 says, Now, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. Now, this is not talking about perfection because we know David sinned at times and sinned greatly. But the key to this that you have to grasp in here, religious people, is that David, when sinned, and confronted, repented, his heart was sensitive always to the voice of the Lord, and he repented and fasted in sackcloth because he realized the sensitivity of the Lord was most important to him that his pride and covering up any sin that he'd ever done. 1 Samuel eighteen fourteen. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. 1 Samuel eighteen twelve. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he departed from Saul. Why? Because of disobedience. Because of disobedience. In Deuteronomy 11, 26 and 28 says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. You need to understand this. Is there's blessings and consequences. There's blessings and consequences. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the consequence or the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. And like how, more, how, how much more clear can you get it? Like I obey, okay, I'm blessed. I disobey or I do my own way, there's consequences. And so many of us are mad about the consequences, but we forget we're the ones that cause the consequences. You find success in the heaven through grace, but on earth, in order to to succeed, you're going to have to walk in obedience. That's what brings us towards success. And if you obey and walk with God, then you'll find success. It doesn't mean everything will go perfectly in your life, but the imperfect situations and scenarios are then, again, there to test you and to bring out integrity, draw out the integrity of God and character and shape you and form you so that you become more self-aware of who you really are in your soul and bring that person into proper alignment with who God is saying through your spirit. It takes presence. Presence takes obedience. God is using the current situation of the storm to work these things out. Look in Job thirty-six, eleven and twelve. If they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. But if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword, and they shall die without knowledge. Proverbs, Proverbs twenty-eight, thirteen says, "He who covers his sin will not prosper." But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. In other words, when you make a mistake, because we will, is my heart geared towards pride and covering up, acting as if nothing happened, I did nothing before the Lord. If I make an error, do I, instead of telling the truth of what has taken place, do I hide it, do I try to push it down, hoping that no one will find out So I don't have to be responsible, or do I come clean and say, hey, this happened, I should have done this, this is where we need to go, I'm sorry, what do I need to do? So before the Lord, Lord, good gosh, I did it, I did it. Please forgive me. I did this, and it was wrong, I know it. Lord, I repent. Like a heart that's sensitive. This is what God's desiring, because he knows we're going to mess up. He's not expecting perfection, but whenever we do mess up, he is expecting the repentance, a humble heart that says, because it knows that it needs him, it is not proud before him. Now, God is omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere. He will not leave us nor forsake us, but we can walk away from the protection and the favor of the covering of God. Still saved, unprotected. Look at this, Genesis 4, 16. Then Cain went out from the presence of God, of the Lord. And dwelt in the in the land of Nod. This is where people took naps. This is where people. This is this is like some of the some of you in here sometimes. Oh, there they go. Land of Nod. <laughs> On the east of Eden, God did give ch- ch- uh, Cain a ch- a chance to repent. God came to him and said, "Cain, where's your brother?" He could have said, "Lord, I, you know where he's at, and I know where he's at." He gave him a chance to repent and come clean, but instead what did Cain do? Am I my brother's keeper? Hmm. See, that, see where that got him. But think about it. Are there areas of your life that you think you have to live in such a way as if you've done nothing wrong? This might be the issue of what you're going through, meaning consequences, of what you're having to endure right now. And probably the Lord has even been trying to talk to you about confessing or talking with or admitting or whatever it is to resolve this issue. But pride and insecurity and fear of not the unknown outcome, not trusting God because we don't build testimony with him, is keeping us from disclosing these things that God is trying to work out of us. That was a really good. Go back and watch that. You can watch it on YouTube and Facebook and But that's an area that God cannot bless until you start to repent. So if the key to prospering is the Lord's presence, and the key to the Lord's presence is obedience, then what's the key to obedience? The key to obedience is faith. I can't obey if I'm truly if I don't truly have faith. I don't have faith, as I just said. That God has a better outcome that I can't see in my bondage side of things right now. Because let me say, tell you, when God's leading us to do something and it has something to do with, with obedience and we can't understand the outcome, it means we have bondage in that area. We have yet to experience testimony with God in that area so that our minds will understand and, and even even recently will understand so that we will have the faith to, to go and say, even though I don't understand, I'm going to do it because I know that's where you're leading me to go. And we'll never know the other side until we start to just obey by faith and do what the Lord is prompting us to do. And our greatest issue here is that we don't believe that there are consequences when we don't obey and there are blessings when we do obey. We don't believe that. And many of us believe we can just disobey and get away with it. Why do you think it's so important for us to constantly discipline our children? If they were always obedient, they would never have to be disciplined. like... No, they're great. These kids are just, they're just born great. Everything they do is just great. They, they obviously know that no matter what, there's going to be blessings because they're just so great all the time. Never any consequences. Colossians 3.22 says this, bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers. Meaning, when your boss shows up, don't act like you're now you're working. Eye <laughs> service, men pleasers. But in sincerity of heart, fearing God. I don't work for the man, but I do honor the man by, by working for God. I work for God. God's always watching everything I do. I can't hide anything except for in my bondage thinking. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the, of the inheritance the for the, you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. Let me just tell you, he's not going to relent on that. You'll be repaid with consequences. The consequences are you, you're, we're dealing with are from a lack of faith, that, which have led to disobedience not trusting that ultimately God is the one who is our supplier, our provider, and as we honor it in, in, with integrity, God begins to change hearts and move people. As a believer, it, it, so sorry, farmers plant with faith. They plant with, using good farming practices in good faith that when they do, they will reap a harvest. We are to in good faith, develop principles, disciplines that reveal the Lord's ways to us. So as we practice them, he will bless us. That's what we we are here to do. So this looks like when I get to the end of my life, I can look back and I say, wow, the Lord has truly been with me. He has blessed me in every area of my life. And it has been a fun journey just living life with him. Hallelujah. Hebrews 3, 3 and 18 says this, And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest but to those who did not obey? So we see that we could not enter in because of unbelief. If they had believed that God would reward them, then they would have obeyed. Because of their unbelief or their lack of faith, they did not. So God, they were, they were not obedient and therefore did not arrive in the promised land. Like I have good kids. You probably have good kids. But when my, my, my kids are misbehaving, and I don't mean because we've had a busy week and we've been going a lot and we kept them up late. No, that's our fault. That's mommy and daddy's fault. Like, they're crazy. Well, that's, that's not them. They're kids, and they don't know what to do. They're just living under our, our schedule. That's not them. But whenever we have a proper schedule, and they've had plenty of rest, and they're misbehaving, I remind them, hey, there's consequences for this, these actions. And so, a lot of times, they'll, they'll change. And I'll remind them, there's blessings if you'll change, if you'll change your attitude, if you'll be nice to your mommy. If you'll be honoring to your dad, there's, there's blessings there. But every once in a while, I have to remind them of what those consequences feel like. And right after that, they always come to their father. They embrace their father. They repent to their father. They ask for forgiveness to their father. And they're never more affectionate and obedient than after they've been disciplined. And you and I are a lot like that, too. He doesn't want to. There's blessings to follow. There's blessings for for obedience. There's blessings for honor. But every once in a while, we have to be disciplined. And if the heart is right, it'll be repentant, and it'll lean into the Father. It will confess, and it will say, Lord, I need you in that area because my ways are broken ways. So if the key to prospering is the Lord's presence, and the key to the Lord's presence is obedience, and the key to obedience is faith, the key to faith is hearing the Word. Like I need to be in the Word, with the Word. Being pushed forward in the Lord is the easiest thing in the world to do if you will spend time with the Lord in His Word and letting the author explain His Word personally to you. In those moments of consistency, in prayer and fasting and daily devotion there becomes a meshing of your spirit with his spirit and there comes a time where you start to get these creative thoughts and these ideas and these these ponderings and even a heart shift for your finances or for your marriage or for your business or for your employment or for your relationships and friendships and all of a sudden he starts to rewire some things in that time of being in his presence. And it, it causes a faith to arise and, and obedient, a desire for obedience because he starts to give you an outcome, a vision of what the blessings of this obedience could look like just if you would trust him. Y'all feeling me? And life coming out of that begins to be a little bit, it's a little uneasy. This is where many people run back to sin. Or they run back to what they know. Because it gets a little uncomfortable because God is starting to push you forward, prosper you, push you forward and come alongside you to lift off a weight. And your mind is still messed up because it still has the old mindset of the old man thinking, I don't know, think, you know how this is possible. This is no, never going to work. And Lord, but Lord, unless you show up. But Lord, I don't know that you're really that real right now in my life. And building testimony. And your decisions in the middle of a situation in the job interview or the or, or the decision of for your future or for your finances, all of a sudden there's some unique ideas that you've never had before, and I don't know where this is coming from. This is called this is being meshed and led by the Lord. This is God is pushing you forward and trying to prosper you. And I'm telling you, the human, the soul is gonna wanna pull back and the enemy was wanna keep you in that pit. And you're going to have to lean in even more. This is where you start to appropriate faith into what God has already said and what he's, what's happened in your devotion time and what he's feeling in your spirit. You've got to get away from the head knowledge, and now you've got to get into the spirit knowledge. And I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know if it w- will work out. But what I do know is God's leading me towards it, and I'm going to walk in it, and he's going to have to absolutely shut it down. But I'm not going to be afraid because I'm in his presence. This is... Now you don't know if it's you making the decisions or him making the decisions. This is the palace test. Many are are afraid of the palace, and they're blaming the building. Maybe blaming the Lord. Blaming the man. But God's trying to push you forward. So the thought that is on your mind right now I want to lead you in prayer, but right now in the thought or the situation or the area of life, the domain of life, anyone that I've mentioned or more, Holy Spirit, ask Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? This is a beautiful moment where you you stop trying to figure it out and you start receiving a solution to work it out. This, this is how I live my life. And I love it because it becomes so hard to think that it becomes confusing. That's God telling you, you need to shut your brain down and quit trying to figure it out. Because I'm trying to work it out through you and give you solution if you'll just be quiet. So, Lord, I just pray for godly solutions. Kingdom solutions in this natural world that come from the throne room of heaven. That will bring a kingdom outcome to every person's life every person's domain of life in which you're speaking to them about so that you can help them pass this palace test in jesus name i pray amen and amen